brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Buffalo Fanatics, C-Bot here with you. Victory Monday night live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. It can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. So good to have you in off of a trouncing, a mauling, Whatever adjective you think fits best into that sentence will do just fine. 38-3, the Bills roll the Pittsburgh Steelers in week five at home to improve to 4-1, and one, currently number one in the AFC East. You heard that right. The Miami Dolphins aren't as good as some might have thought they were, are they? Bills, 4-1. and one. Fresh off a dominant victory. Stop me if you've heard me say that before. And it's Kansas City Chiefs week. The biggest week of the year. A lot of exciting stuff going on. Speaking of those Chiefs, they get ready to kick off in about 45 minutes against the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see if they can improve before and one. And then the stage is set. And of course, if you watched the game yesterday, and I'm sure you did, It was one gigantic advertisement for Bill's Chiefs. That game was such a blowout that, you know, the only thing left to do for Romo and Nance was to just plug the living hell out of the game they'll be calling this coming week, which is, of course, Bill's Chiefs. That game was so ugly, they ran out of material to talk about almost instantly. You have the 98-yard bomb off the jump, and I know things were a little slow to begin with, I guess you could say, based on the outcome. It didn't get quite there up until about the second quarter. But they ran out of every, they ran out of all material. The game was such a blowout. They're like, hey, you know what? Let's just shift gears and start plugging the game next week because God knows everybody else is looking forward to that already because this one's in the bag. In the bag. 38 to 3. The Buffalo Bills win, and, you know, once again, we, we get back on the train of seeing the Bills do the things we were accustomed to seeing at the end of last year, then, of course, to start the year this year, the first two games. You have two games that I guess you could say aren't Bills standards, which is wild to hear because they still played very well in Miami despite the circumstances. Of course, you can find a list of things they did wrong, 
but that was the game in which they were the most injury riddled and the only game they wound up losing by an eyelash. And then you go into the Ravens game, a terrible start. You fall down 20 to three, but you find a way to rally an incredible comeback and you get that victory. But those two weeks were completely unlike the two weeks we saw prior to that. And we were wondering, you know, could the bills get back towards that, that track where they walk in and just destroy you from beginning to end and walk out having you feeling what the hell just happened. And that is exactly what happened yesterday. And if you don't think Mike Tomlin said that to himself, worst loss ever for the Pittsburgh Steelers under Mike Tomlin. Worst loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1989. Now, I know these stats can seem arbitrary at times, but think about it. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars here, a fairly new franchise in the eyes of the NFL. We're not talking about, you know, Arizona Cardinals, whatever. We're talking about one of the most proud and historic franchises in all of football, in all of sports. When you think about the history of the NFL and the teams that are really the cornerstones of it, I think Cowboys would come to mind for a lot of people. Giants, maybe, Jets, even the Bills, of course, one of the first AFL teams. But you can't talk about the history of the NFL and the backbone of the league without talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was the worst loss that that franchise has had in over 40 years. That's how grotesque what we witnessed yesterday was. And you saw going into the game, right? The Bills are 14-point favorites. And I myself, anytime I see something like that, I'm like, well, hey, you know, they deserve to be heavy favorites in this game. But, man, 14 points, that's a lot. And yesterday, if you watched the pregame show with me, Rev, and Rico, Rico and Rev were like, hey, listen, they were trying to find ways to talk themselves into thinking it was going to be closer than I thought it was going to be. But I understood why. I know Rico's point specifically was, you know, Mike Tomlin, great underdog coach. It's still Mike Tomlin. You got the spark now with Kenny Pickett. What we do is what what we do when when it comes to games like this is we look at it in the lens in which we look at the Patriots. And this is something I've told you guys before, and I tell myself that we got to stop doing. You look at the Patriots, right? And even though the Bills are leaps and bounds better, you still say to yourself, well, it's still Bill Belichick, right? It's still the New England Patriots. Should tread lightly here. But I think over the last year, we're starting to push that to the back of our minds based on what we've seen New England do and based on what we've seen the Bills do to New England. Yesterday, I think the fellas that I was on with uh, during the pregame show, they still had that in their head. The fact that the Steelers have never had a losing record under Mike Tomlin have always been right there in the playoff on every single year. Always a tough out. Hey, beat us last year, week one. All of that, I totally understood. I told them, I said, hey, I get all that. And I got, I got a feeling a year ago, I would have been saying all the same things as well, 100%. The difference today is the Pittsburgh Steelers are not good. Flat out bad. And if you looked at the statistics going into that game yesterday and compared them to the Bills, it, it was it was as the gap was as, as big as you could possibly imagine in every category, every offensive category, every defensive category. 
And I didn't quite see how you could possibly find a way to drum up this game being close. The only way I could see it is the way I think the fellas were portraying it, right? It's still the Steelers. It's still Mike Tomlin. I looked at it and said, hey, these Bills, they're not the Bills of old. I'm not telling you anything new. These Steelers, those days are gone, like New England. The days of worrying about these guys, the days of fearing, oh, they could sneak up on you, it's over. You couple those two things together, what the Bills are now and what these franchises that have such a track record that it's almost baked into your mind every time you think about them, that, that, that's over too. You're watching the resurgence, or the, uh, the emergence rather, of new blood when it comes to these blue bloods in the NFL. The team you think about now should be the Kansas City Chiefs, right, when you go into this week. Hey, man, I know the Bills are, uh, who's better than them right now, but it's the Chiefs. That, that's real. That's, that's when you say it. But these other teams, man, and I get it, but it's, an, it's a new day. It's a new era. And these Buffalo Bills should not lose any sleep over a game like they had yesterday, a game like they may have against the New England Patriots or even the New York Jets these days, which I'm sure we'll hear a lot of. Oh, the Jets are, look out for the Jets, right? I'm done with that. And yesterday, that's why I said, listen, fellas, I get all of it. I get it. But I got 38 to 13 in this one. Let me know where I can find the area in this game that Pittsburgh can close in on and keep it close. Just didn't see it. Then I texted the boys after. I said, hey, I know I was wrong. 38-13, but hey, I'll still take 38-3. It was a beatdown. It was an absolute beatdown. And the funny thing is, right out, of the, right out of the gates, you saw the start the Bills had against Baltimore. And then you go into this one and you see the fumble on the opening kick. You're backed up against your own goal line. And then it gets to third and 10. And then you're just like, you know, are we really, are we really going to do this again like we did last year with Pittsburgh? Are we going to just completely botch the special teams? Are we going to play down to our opponent? Are we just going to come out, you know, on the snooze button here and not completely trounce this bottom barrel team? <laughs> Third and 10, backed up at their own goal line. And you know the rest. 98-yard house call to what is now one of the most lethal, quick, deep strike threats in the league. Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis. I think it's safe to say that now. You're talking about a guy in Gabe Davis here who has made some of the most highlight-worthy plays in recent memory for the Buffalo Bills, all deep balls. That combination is becoming one of the most electric and lethal combos in the league, and you saw it on display twice yesterday. So much so that Gabriel Davis wound up finishing the day with an average reception of 60 yards, the most in franchise history for the Buffalo Bills. Gabe Davis coming into that game yesterday, he only had eight receptions on the year. Now, granted, he was out for a game, but it wasn't like he was gobbling up receptions like maybe we thought he could do this coming year in a bigger role. But then you step back and wonder, with Gabriel Davis, you know, that's not necessarily what we're looking at for out of him. What we're looking for is what we saw yesterday, what we saw against the Chiefs. That's what his game is. 
Deep ball, quick strike. Holy crap, I can't believe he just made that play. I can't believe they're in the end zone. And you look at this team, and it's just another statement towards the fact that they're never out of any situation. Third and 10, backed up to your own goal line. You got Allen putting the ball 100 yards in the air on an absolute rope right in a bucket. There's Gabe Davis gone. There's not a thing these guys can't do. And I praise the living hell out of what they've been able to accomplish this year on offense in the short game. But that deep ball is as good as ever. And Gabe Davis is the vast, vast, the, the, the majority of the reason. That is your, that is the guy right now amongst the league that you have got to worry about when it comes to the Bills' ability to get the ball down the field and get it in the end zone quick. I think the team that always was that was the Chiefs, maybe not so much anymore without Tyreek. That was their quick strike ability. But Gabe Davis is that quick strike ability for the Bills. There hasn't been anybody else really on that team who scored touchdowns like that. And he's got, what, eight of them? It's, um, it's unbelievable. Gabe Davis right out of the gates, and you're wondering, and I know I was too going into that one, is he fully healthy? Is he fully healthy? Because he hasn't looked, he hasn't looked the same since he's been banged up. He hasn't been able to hit his, hit, hit his stride as well as you'd like to see. His movement definitely seems labored. And I myself was wondering, man, you know, is Gabe Davis truly 100%? And I know all of you guys, for the most part, were thinking about that too. And then you wonder, well, you know, if he's not 100% in this one, you know, what's that going to mean for next week? And you just have to love that three plays into the game, he shuts you right the hell up on that. You got nothing to worry about. There he is going the length of the field. And just when you thought maybe you had to worry about that, just when you thought maybe you had to worry about the Bills wide receiver too, because let's face it, you look at the numbers right now and it's Stephon Diggs and then there's just a list of other guys. Going into that game yesterday with Isaiah McKenzie out, our number two leading receiver was Devin Singletary. So you had all the, you all, you had all the right in the world to be somewhat concerned about the Bills' inability to get the ball to really anybody else but Stephon Diggs for adequate yardage. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, my God. That to me is probably one of the most forgotten about aspects of this team early on here because Gabe Davis has been banged up and you haven't really seen much of that. We saw a whole hell of a lot of it against KC last year. We saw bits and bobs of it throughout the season last year. You saw it twice yesterday. And that guy right there is everything I think we thought he was going to be, Gabe Davis. I mean, you want to talk about a guy in the, in, in the deep ball category? I, I just don't know how much better it gets anywhere than that. Because you got a guy like Josh Allen who can put it in the air better than anybody. I mean, his air yard, his ability to put the ball, you know, in the air for that amount of time, that amount of distance, there's nobody else in the league who can match it. And then you got Gabe Davis, who I have no, I have no reservations in saying is one of the biggest deep ball threats in this league. And you saw it on display yesterday, and it wasn't like he's going against scrubs. That second one he had, Minka Fitzpatrick was wearing him like a glove. I mean, he is on him like his jersey is. Doesn't matter. Right in the bucket, catch, outman you, Grab that thing right out of your damn hands. Touchdown. 
just an unbelievable performance from Gabe Davis yesterday. So excited to see that because I know like many of you, I was starting to get a bit concerned about the health and his lack of production on the field because of that. Just didn't seem like he was living up to what we know he can do. Yesterday, he looked like he was back to 100% and then some. Super chat coming in from James. Appreciate you, James. Appreciate, appreciate all you guys joining in tonight on this Victory Monday here on the Smoke Break. We turned it over twice in the red zone. Z-Bot made no difference for us, but damn, can't do that against KC. James, thanks so much. We're going to get into that topic later on because there are some aspects of this game. And you know what? We can do it right now because that wasn't the beginning of the game for the most part. Uh, as far as things that stood out to me that were a bit concerning. And, and, it, and it was early on here. Um, and it's tough in the game like this, right? 38 to three. Good God. Jo- Josh Allen over th- north of 300 yards in the first half. I, and this is why I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on stuff like this, even though James is 100% right in coming in and making sure that that point was emphasized because it, it is the truth. You cannot do that against KC. And there were few things to pick at in this game and 38 to three, you know, you got to look in the mirror and say, what are you doing? Picking at anything. But The Kansas City Chiefs are coming this week, and James is 100% correct. This is a game where, (laughs) look at, and I'm treating it this way, and we'll get more into the Chiefs game as the show goes on because I really want to get in depth as far as previewing that one because this is the game of the year, and I am treating it as such. I'm treating it as a playoff game. Bill's Chiefs this week is a playoff game. Look at, we're five weeks in. You understand the the temperature in the room. You, you have gotten a read for what this league is. And the league in the AFC is the Bills and the Chiefs. That's what it is. That right there, that's what it's going to be coming down to when it comes to getting to Arizona and getting that trophy above your head. Those two teams. This game this week could be all the difference in the world between the one seed, home field advantage, the bye, you name it. This game. This game, it's a playoff game. I understand there's always people who who say, you know, it's just a game, you know, regular season, one week at a time, you know, you got to focus on every game the way you would the next one. I I don't buy it. This game is the biggest game of the year, and I've talked to you guys about this. We've talked about the the, the post-buy schedule. I mean, if you go into KC and and get this victory, you let me know where the Bills are dropping out of the one seat. Because I, I, I can't possibly fathom it. And that, to me, is what emphasizes this game so much more when you think about the importance of it. You got the, you got the Chiefs this coming week. You hit the bye. Infinitely healthier after that, which, I mean, the bye is coming at a beautiful time. Not only are they playing fantastic, getting victories, we still know that they're hobbled. By the time they get out of that bye, it, it, it's, it's fresh out of the gates, ready to rock again. But you got the Packers out of that bye. Newsflash, they're not good. (laughs) I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. Understand, you know, you still have your queries about, you know, the Green Bay Packers. I get it. That, That is not a good football team. Let me rephrase. That's not a great football team. It's a good football team. It's not, you know, the Houston Texans. That's a bad football team. That ain't the Bills, okay? You you can't be losing to the New York Giants like you did yesterday. You can't be going to overtime with a third-string quarterback in the New England Patriots. You can't be 
Winning by the skin of your teeth against a Tampa, or excuse me, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yes. Winning by the skin of your teeth against a green or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team who was down to their seventh wide receiver in that game. Green Bay is very young. They're inexperienced, and right now it's showing. They are not nearly what they were a season ago or the seasons prior to that. You got Green Bay right out of the bye Sunday night football. Jets, Vikings, Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. I mean, you read that aloud. You take into consideration what you've seen all year from these teams. If you beat the Chiefs, I'm ta- I mean, I just don't see more than one L uh, off the bye. And, of course, anything can happen. But what I'm saying is the stage is set up. The stage is set up for the Bills to coast to the one seed if they get it done in KC this week. And that, to me, is why I'm treating this game like a playoff game. Because, to me, that's exactly what it is. But let's round back to James Point, and we'll get more into the KC game later on. But James Point is, you know, we can't be turning the ball over in the red zone uh, like we did yesterday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's 100% right. Early in that game, Josh Allen made a handful of pretty awful throws. It was actually getting to the point of concern for me because we had saw, you know, a week prior in the Baltimore game, real iffy to say the least in the first half. And then there were throws in the Miami game that had you scratching your head too. And then yesterday, it just it, there was some throws from Josh Allen, you know, missing Stephon Diggs wide open on that touchdown on the near right pylon. Uh, Levi Wallace, interception, that that ball didn't have a chance. It was just not anywhere in position to be caught for a touchdown. And then you have Morris fumbling on the goal line. One, One for four in the red zone yesterday, not good. If you wanted to highlight one area yesterday where there was concern, it would be that. It was the red zone efficiency. But the thing of it is, is, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't necessarily think that this is impossible to do against anybody. Just to touch on the Chiefs game again real quick, I mean, this is impossible to do against anybody. I'm repeating myself. I just accidentally played my own video. Let's think about the Chiefs game real quick, and let's talk about how the Bills wound up scoring the majority of their points against the Steelers. You know, there was, there was what, four touchdowns? I think I read a stat. There was four touchdown drives that accumulated no more than two and a half minutes off the clock. And, of course, two in which come from the the two absolute bombs to Gabe Davis. And if you go ahead and look at what the Bills are facing up against defensively out of the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know if this is being talked about enough. The Chiefs have one of the worst passing defenses in the entire league. They're coming into this one ranked 27th in passing D. And if we go ahead and compare that to the Steelers, ironically enough, guess who's right there with them? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh going into yesterday, 28th in passing D. So based on the numbers, you're facing off against a very similar passing defense in the Chiefs this coming week. So I understand the concern about the red zone. The Josh Allen mistake, look at there's they're they're few and far between. It's tough to find the it's tough to find fault in it, really. The guy puts up north of 300 in the first half and four touchdowns. He could have had eight, really, if they were just trying to put the the lead on the gas pedal all game. I mean, that's just the type of game it was. So I can't sit here and say, oh, well, the, the pick to Levi Wallace. Yeah, it was a bad pick, but it, it was on a list of about this big as far as, you know, bad plays he had yesterday. And there were some bad throws. 
but I, I, he's not a robot at the same time. If you if you were to even argue that he is robotic, it would be it would be towards the the good things, because the amount of things that he does are so unbelievable, and in such abundance too. You kind of have to take a step back and wonder half the time what you're watching, and you can't believe you're watching it on your team. But that does come with its faults. And yes, Levi Wallace's pick really bad play. And then you got Quentin Morris's uh, fumble, and um, look, that's a backup tight end. He's on the goal line. And, you know, it, obviously we're talking about that play in a whole different light if the Bills either lose yesterday or if they win by a game-winning field goal or something. I get that. But once again, I mean, circumstantially, it, one, it was a play they almost never run. That was out of the Chiefs playbook. Two, it's going to your backup tight end. Um, I understand the concern, and I think James' point is accurate. You can't do that against the Chiefs. That's the main emphasis here. But the good thing is, hey, they didn't do that against the Chiefs. They did it against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who blow. And you get in the red zone four times, you only score once, and hey, look at the scoreboard. So I understand the concern, because it is justifiable. But you're talking about a pick out of Josh Allen in the red zone, which, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was his only... One of, if not his only interceptions in the red zone his whole career. So to kind of round out that mistake, that's how rare that mistake was. And then the Quentin Morris fumble, you know, the guy hasn't really played all year. He's, he's in for Knox, who's out. Yeah, it sucked. But when you look at the game, the way it panned out, did you even, did you even remember it? <laughs> I barely do. But he won't be in the position to make that that uh, that error next week. Knox will be back. And like I said, Allen, interception in the red zone. Yeah, that might have been the first time you ever saw it. Jeff King, the kinger baby, my brother coming in. Good to have you in as always, Jeff. Appreciate you, my brother. Uh, Jeff saying, Bot, you're right. We ran the gauntlet, lost to Miami, unfortunate. Learn some character from the Ravens. Uh, make it through the next game. We don't get home field advantage. It's on us. Uh, 100%. And that's what I had said about last week and that's why I was just elated about that victory against Baltimore because hey Baltimore bounces back last night they get off the Schneid at home five straight losses they beat the uh, Cincinnati Bengals um, and in that game I knew it I knew the Ravens game was going to come down to playoff positioning 100 percent the Ravens are as good as it gets in the AFC right now Lamar Jackson balling out that offense is legit and hey last night you know that defense was not playing last night like one of the worst in the league and they sure as hell weren't playing like one of the worst in the league in the first half against the Bills either. So they're coming around. And I knew that game, you know, as far as positioning is concerned, that was going to come down. That, that was really going to matter. That, was, that game was really going to matter in a few months from now. That's why that win was so big. And then that, to me, is why we're, I'm trading this game this coming week like a playoff game. Because that, to me, it's the same sentiment. But to Jeff's point here, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, we did really run a gauntlet early on here. Former Super Bowl champs, Tennessee Titans, the former number one uh, seed in the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens, who I think, you know, as, as far as the Bills are, and Chiefs are concerned, the Ravens are going to be right behind come playoff time. Uh, and then Miami, you lose. And, we, and, and, and now do we not understand a little bit more why we may have lost that game, Dolphins fans? 
Do we does that not is that not clicking a little bit more today? Because you just lost 40 to 17 to Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, and the New York Jets. And I like I said, when we lost that game, like I'll say today, no excuses. We lost the game. It sucks. But does it make a little bit more sense today as to maybe why that game went the way it did? And does it also click to you today that maybe you're not the number one team in the league like Richard Sherman and a lot of other people wanted to say in week three? Does it click a little bit more today? I hope so. But it's still a good team in Miami. I get it. But that loss was what it was. But I think today we understand a little bit more why that game went the way it did. But to my point and to Jeff's point, the beginning of the season, comparatively, to post by, much tougher in my opinion. And they're staring 5-1 and one going into that bye in the face this coming week. And if you can win on the road in KC, which we know, we know we've, we've seen it. They did it last year. If you can go on the road, get that win, take that win into the bye, get healthy, and then round out the year with what is, in my opinion, an easier schedule than the beginning of the season. <laughs> I mean, folks, and like Jeff just said, it's on us if they don't do it. It's on them completely if they don't get the one seat. Driver's seat right now for the Bills. Driver's seat right now. The matter of if they want to finish the race where they currently sit. So as I, uh, to round out the, uh, the, the, earlier, the earlier piece there from James, yeah, a couple of mistakes for sure that stood out in that game yesterday. Um, but I think that, one, they were rare, which they certainly were. Two, correctable. I don't think we see Josh Allen throw another red zone interception this year. And I say that with confidence because we really haven't seen it before. Uh, and then Quentin Morris, like I said, you know, in for the injured Dawson Knox. Maybe that's why it happened. You know, no excuse, still sucks. But it's funny how you treat, you know, you treat situations like that so differently depending on, on how the game goes. But that's just the truth. Like if that, if those two things were the only things that separated the Bills from winning that Dolphins game, I would sit here and talk about it for two hours. Because that was the game, right? But it's so hard to nitpick that. I mean, and, and this is kind of what I'm getting into here as far as like the dominance yesterday. Because, you know, you go one for four in the red zone. Which is, honest to God, and when you look at the grand total of points they scored, it's honestly insane that, that that's the statistic walking out of the game. How is it even possible, really? <laughs> and that just goes to show you that all their points were scored on absolute nukes. I mean, what the hell? One for four in the red zone, you pop off 38 points. And this is the crazy thing, and it's kind of like the game. It, 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 we were talking about this during the Ravens game and, and the Dolphins game. It, it's odd to see some of these stats at times and wonder how the game panned out the way it did. The Bills had the ball for less than 24 minutes in this game. The Steelers had more than 13 minutes of possession than the Bills. They put up three points to the Bills' 38. Yesterday was the full-on display of just how lethal this offense is. Of course, we saw it against the Rams and the Titans. But we're talking about, you know, Sports Center top 10, one and two consecutively with Gabe Davis's touchdown. Like, that's not... That's not a regularity 
anywhere. But we've seen it in the past, in bunches. And yesterday was just another reminder as to what exactly they can do at any time, at anywhere on the field, no matter what, they're going to find a way to score. So you have less than 24 minutes of possession time. And you go one for four in the red zone. And you put up 38 points. And back to, you know, James's point about the errors, you know, that was a touchdown for Quentin Morris. It, he was on the inch line when he fumbled. That's a score if he hangs on to it. If Allen doesn't make an error in his, in his judgment and throw the ball to Levi Wallace, that's a touchdown. And you kind of like cycle back here. And the, the fact that they put up 38 points, yeah, it kind of seems nuts based on these stats. But you think about the game and the way it panned out, they should have put up 50. So once again, I think yesterday came at a perfect time. And this is why I told you guys, I was so excited the Bills had this game on their schedule when they did compared to a situation like what the Chiefs are currently in tonight, about to kick off at about 15 here. Um, the difference is that's a, that's a grudge match, bitter rival. The chiefs have to face tonight with the Raiders in prime time, you know, big game Raiders, despite their record, good team really think that game is going to be a close one tonight, but the bills, you come off two really hard fought games. And you go into the into the Steelers game where they are just immeasurably better. And you get that boat of confidence going into next week. And they took advantage of it. Hell, that game could have been a stinker yesterday if they wanted it to be. This Steelers team yesterday isn't all that much worse than what it was a season ago. They're better at quarterback. Kenny Pickett looked not all that bad yesterday. I'm, you know, good, good, for, good for the Steelers fans. I think they got something in Kenny Pickett. He actually looked like... Like, he could be something yesterday. There were a few drives yesterday for the Steelers that were unarguably the best drives they've had all year. I know they only scored three points, but that kid's got something there for sure. The future's bright in Pittsburgh, I think, especially compared to what it's been the last several years with an aging Big Ben and then, you know, grasping at tr straws, trying to find a, an answer like Mitch Trubisky, what have you. Um, But that, to me, was why that game yesterday, when it fell, huge for the Bills. You, you, you display... Once again, what we all had saw the first two weeks, what we saw last week after, or excuse me, uh, the, or uh, yesterday rather, uh, you display that capability after two really tough weeks, and then you carry that into KC. That was that was a huge, huge uh, opportunity for the Bills to really, to really hit full momentum going into KC, which matters, and they did just that. James coming in again. Thank you as always, my man. Bro, you are right. If you beat KC, <laughs> oh James, don't get me going on a Monday night. Come on now. It's early in the week. Don't get me, don't get me this titillated now, James. You thinking we go 16 and 1, James asks. I don't. And you gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. I don't even I don't know how I'd feel going into the playoffs 16 and one like that is a that and I think the players would tell you this I mean they wouldn't tell you this they would never you know admit to this but I know you for sure saw it with the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl year where they went undefeated and lost to the Giants 16 and one would be the equivalent to how many regular season games that undefeated Patriots team won because there's there's an additional game now 
That would be a boulder-like burden to carry into the playoffs, I think. 16-1. and one. I, I think that there's a lot of added pressure there. Now, would I hate it? Hell no. Sign me up, man. Where do I sign? Dotted line. Blip, I'm in. But I don't foresee it. I mean, there's still games on here that could be tough. Or not, well, not could be tough. That are tough. That you wouldn't be like blown away that they found a way to drop it. The Bengals, you know, at any time they can switch it on. Did New England find their new quarterback? I mean, what the hell is going on there? Blank, the number one scoring offense yesterday. Now I don't foresee them losing to the Patriots. But I'm just saying, you know, you still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, amount of games. Running the table there would be tough. But like I mentioned to you, I, I don't see more than one or two losses maximum on that list. Maximum. And when I say two, I'm really being, you know, real. I'm being overly cautious there. I am. Undefeated, though, that's a tough ask. But hey, James, brother, nobody wants it more than me. I'll tell you that. What else we got down here in the Super Chat? Appreciate all you guys uh, tuning in tonight on a Monday night. What's Birdie saying here? Dude, I've never seen more 38-3 to body language than this from Z-Bot tonight. Save some for next week with the Chiefs. Oh, no, somebody help. Um, trying to decipher that. Dude, I've never, I've never seen more 38-3 to body language than this from Z-Bot. Trying to read that one. I don't know if I'm grasping it. Save some for next week. If you're saying save some for next week, as far as what the Bills did, I hope they did. I mean, yesterday, I mean, that was a full, that was a full buffet that they cleared house on yesterday, but I hope they saved the dessert for next week. I truly do. Because, you know, we know that they can do that against KC. They did it in the divisional round. They did, they scored just as many points as they did yesterday, essentially, in the divisional round. What's Tony Pepperoni saying in here? Love that name. Uh, no, I was, that wasn't the one I wanted. What, what did somebody say in here? Tony said, uh, yeah, here we go. Tony said he's rooting, or not Tony, excuse me, Tony. Sophia said, rooting for the Raiders tonight. You know, I am too. This always gets to me, though. I have this weird, like, mental block when it comes to stuff like this. I feel more insecure about the Bills-Chiefs game if the, if the Chiefs lose tonight. Because it's so hard for me to see them losing two straight with Andy Reid and Mahomes. And it's so hard to make me think that they wouldn't be additionally motivated coming off a divisional loss into that game. Whereas if you win that game, all that doesn't come into play. At the same time, however, the Raiders winning tonight would do a world of good for the Buffalo Bills. So, of course, I am rooting for the Raiders. And I think all that other stuff is kind of nuanced bullshit fan stuff that I think people like me come up with in their mind. But it's an easy thing for me to say, ah, well, I told you. You know, had they, uh, had they beaten the Raiders, I think the Bills would have had it this week. And I think that's just what it is, you know. But. Uh. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, so Johnny's coming here. Both my Johnny's coming here saying agreed, agreed. I mean, yeah, it's like, but like Amicus is saying. It's like, fuck that. Fuck that. It hoes for the number one seed. Yeah, you're damn right. And that's where I land. Because at the end of the day, does it really change the game next week? No, but it does in my mind. But my mind isn't out there playing the game. So who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the one mentally preparing for this game. I mean, I am. Because I know you should have had a camera in my room, in my living room, you know, the Chiefs divisional game. I would have been committed the next, that night. So I do have to mentally prepare for that game, you know. I mean, that, that, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, like, yeah, and that's the benefit of games like yesterday. I didn't have a worry in the world yesterday. You know, it was him and Han, you know, great mood. Nothing to worry about yesterday. But this, this week, I think I'll, if you're like me, you got some mental preparation to get, to get undergo or get underway with coming in this week because games like this just ruin me mentally. They really do. Ben G coming in. Let's get this out of the way because this has been the big story today. I want to talk more about this Bill Steelers game. Then I want to get to previewing what we could potentially see uh, next week before we wrap up here tonight. Because I know a lot of you want to go and watch that game tonight. Uh, me included. I mean, that this uh, tonight I'm going to use this as an opportunity to really see, you know, in a big spot in a game where you know the Chiefs are going to give, you know, their 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 A game out on. I mean, they hate the Raiders. When the Raiders beat them with John Gruden, they did a lap around the stadium and the in the team bus. I mean, they these two teams hate each other. So you're going to get. The, the Chiefs best tonight. And, you, and you're going to want to see what we could potentially witness next week and how that could affect the Bills. A lot, a lot to take away from tonight, I think. Um, Benji saying, do you think we should get Christian McCaffrey? Uh, you're damn right I do. Of course I do. If the Bills got Christian McCaffrey, I would come on here and I'd probably just sit here and, and, and smile at you guys and laugh for like four hours. I mean, I would be, I would be like... I mean, uh, uh, the, 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 the nicest way I could put this is this, this table would be levitated about another five inches off the ground than it is right now if you catch my drift. I would be elated. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I understand Carolina is a dumpster fire right now. I mean, it, I understand that Carolina is cleaning house. You fire Matt Rule. Uh, which, you know, this early in the year, it, it's a closing sale for, for Carolina. I mean, they're just, they're in hell right now. I mean, they're in NFL hell today. Uh, Baker Mayfield, that ain't going to work. I mean, I, I thought it'd be a little bit better than what it is. It's not. It's bad. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is really the only player on that team right now 
to me, it's kind of like the Giants a little bit. Like if the Giants were to move off of Saquon Barkley, if you're a Giants fan, whose jersey are you buying? Daniel Jones? And how long are you going to be able to wear that for? And when it comes to the league and franchises and ownership, a little thing like that matters. You got to have a guy. You know, we take for granted. Josh Allen, I mean, it, it, is, it is everything beyond what it is on the field. He's the guy, the representative, the representative of the organization. You go look at the top jersey sales, he's been in the top three for the last four years. I mean, you know, I don't understand how big that is for an organization. If the Giants were to move off of Saquon, that's gone. There's no face of the franchise anymore. There's no guy. And if the Panthers move off from Christian McCaffrey, who's the guy? You know, who's the guy? He is the guy. At the same time, you know, they're looking to stock up. They have got to completely rebuild. That team is horrendous. If anybody could figure it out, it would be Brandon Bean, not only because he's capable of doing it, but because we know we have, a, we have quite the rapport with the Carolina Panthers. We have quite the rapport. And if you get CMC today, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I mean, you, I, how do you not win the Super Bowl? You, you, I, it would be the biggest letdown ever. I mean, quite frankly, it already will, would be the way that things are going now. But if you added CMC to the mix, I, just Christ, Christ. But I don't think Carolina's going to let him go. I did read earlier, though, if they were to let him go, Buffalo is the most likely landing spot. So I guess the best way to summarize this is, you know, there's a chance. I don't think it's a great chance that he leaves Carolina, but it's looking like if he does, Buffalo's the house for him. Now, James is asking, what would you give up for Christian McCaffrey? Excuse me. We had this conversation yesterday. It's an interesting question. There's a lot of things I think you have to take into consideration. The biggest thing I think you take into consideration is the, is the current moment. And I know a lot of teams don't do that for good reason. Because it's not all about today. It's about the future. Of course. That's why... Carolina would get rid of Christian McCaffrey in the first place. They're not trying to win right now. But the Bills are. We know that. The Bills are in win-now mode. That window, here it is. It's only going to close a little bit more each year. And if the window is as open as it could possibly be right now, you go up and you jar it open just that much more if you add Christian McCaffrey to the team. So what would I give up? I'd give up any of the running backs currently on this team right now, as I think anybody else would, I would, and here's the other thing, and we had this conversation yesterday. I, I wonder what Carolina wants. They need receivers. Hell, they need everything, though. That's the thing. So I don't really know if it matters. There's no, there's not, like, I would never consider Gabe Davis for Christian McCaffrey. I could see that being a talking point from the, from the Panthers. I would never consider that. But I would consider draft capital, of course, and then any of the, res- the running backs on our team right now. Um, look, I, 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 would, I would go, yeah, I'd go, I'd go first round. I would go first round. 
just because the way it sits right now, what's the Bills gonna what's the Bills first round pick next year gonna be? 30th at best. Is what you're gonna get at pick 30 next year gonna be as good as Christian McCaffrey? And clearly, you've been playing your hand in the draft like the lottery to try and get a Christian McCaffrey. You've drafted two running backs in the third round and one in the second round. Why don't you just call it a day and give up the first round and get the guy you've been after? So, yes, I'd be more than comfortable with the first round and then maybe adding one of the running backs currently on the roster to that mix as well. I, I see people in here saying, hell no, not a first. Why? You, you, you've, you've given up two-thirds in a second over the last several seasons for running backs. And if that's not the answer in the organization, if that's not the answer currently in management for that position, why not just get it out of the way? This team can't run. Josh Allen, once again yesterday, the fourth game out of five, leads the team in rushing. And the reason you would consider giving up a first round is because it, it goes much farther than the, the thing I'm talking about right now where, it's, where I'm talking about winning in the moment. These the, Brandon being in the, in the game, they're no dummies. They're no dummies. If you got a guy that can run the ball 15 times a game, 20 times a game effectively, that is going to extend Josh Allen's career. That is going to extend his length of stay on the Bills because he is not required to get banged the hell up 10 times a game like he is right now. He's more than capable of doing it right now but you blink and three or four years are going to go by and Josh Allen's not going to be able to do the things he can do today. That's just the way the world works. That is father time. He's still going to be a hell of a quarterback, of course. But you're never going to have that youth ability that he currently has right now to run the way he is. That's going to fade over time. And with that, the Bills are going to have to establish a run game at some point in order to fill that gap. Because they cannot rely on Josh Allen for, because look at the way that the Bills are running things right now, and this is the way we all want it. They want Josh Allen manning that offense for the next 20 years. The way you do that is taking care of the guy. And of course you utilize everything that he brings to the table in this current moment. One of those things being that he is one of, if not the best rusher in the league at the position. Of course, Lamar Jackson is number one, but there's times where you see Josh Allen do things and you wonder, you know, it's close. Let's be real. It is. You, you of course, capitalize on that in the moment. But if you can get that run game established for the foreseeable future and add that to the repertoire and add that to Josh Allen's options, I guess would be the best way to put it, so that he doesn't have to do it, but the guy behind him can. I understand you. Know, you hear first round, and it's like, whoa. And I get that. But I just wonder, if you know your pick's going to be number 30, and you've already wasted three, not wasted, I don't want to say that, but you've already thrown three draft picks at the wall to try and get your top running back, would getting a guy that's already been established that you know you want and you know would immediately affect the team, would it be worth that? I think that they would consider it. And of course, I'm just a guy sitting here with a microphone. I'm a fan sitting here with a microphone. I'd be cool with it. I think that's all I'm saying here. I would be cool with it. 
Would Brandon Bean? I don't know. I think they would consider it, though. I do. Then again, though, I don't know necessarily what the, the Panthers are after. But you'd have to think in the position that they're in, they're not going to let them go for peanuts, man. They need, they need young talent, and they need it now. So maybe they're in a position where, you know, they wouldn't need to do that, the first. Because at the same time, you know, the first rounder for the Bills, it, how much, how much, how much value does does Carolina put on that? Do they think that they're going to get enough value that late in the draft to help them build on a depleted team? There's a lot of things that go into it, but I would love to see it, and I would also be very interested as to what it would take to to get it done. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. Let's get back to this Steelers game and kind of round it out here. One thing I think that stood out the most yesterday, and there was a lot, but the one thing that I think was like, wow, when it comes to just how how tremendous this team truly is, how about them rookies? Huh? And that's why when you talk about this Christian McCaffrey stuff, it's like, you know, yeah, I would love it. But the way that the Bills have been drafting, I, I just, there's, there's half of me that understands the need to go and get Christian McCaffrey. And of course, the want more than half, I would say. But there's other parts of it where it's like, you know what? You did just get James Cook. Let's maybe let, let things play out a bit. I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those conversations you could probably have for hours and sit and argue about it. But James Cook yesterday, how about it? Finally gets an opportunity to, you know, make a, make a splash, and he does. 31 yards on four carries, just under eight yards, an attempt, and his first NFL touchdown. And then how about the guy that I was pounding the table saying, you cannot keep this guy off the field this season. He's too good. He's too good, and he's going to be an immediate impact for this team. Khalil Shakir, welcome to Buffalo. Three catches, 75 yards, and his first NFL touchdown. And how about that catch he had in double coverage in the middle of the field? Unreal. Unreal. I'm telling you, that's going to be another big piece to the puzzle soon here. Khalil Shakir. So awesome to see that on display yesterday. He gets his first NFL touchdown. So James Cook, Khalil Shakir, First touchdown in the bag. And then Kyrie Elam. He got cooked yesterday. God bless him. He got cooked. Not a good day. He was getting worked on all day. George Pickens, 83 yards. I mean, it was not good. But hey, he is a rookie. Growing pains. Didn't cost him. And he got his first NFL interception yesterday. So with all these established guys on the Bills just cooking yesterday, you had three rookies get three major milestones in their career all in the same game. It was just awesome to see. Super awesome to see. Because in a setting like that, right, as good as the Bills are, you're not often thinking about, I think, those three guys in particular. 
you're not really thinking about James Cook because they're not really utilizing him and they're not really running the ball at all anyways. You're not really thinking about Shakir because he really hasn't played. And then Elam, yeah, I think he out of all of them, of course, you're thinking about him the most. He's the first-round pick, but how much burn is he going to get really when, when White gets back? And Either way, first NFL pick, first touchdown for Cook and for Khalil Shakir. I mean, that was just awesome to see on top of everything else yesterday. But I think that was one of the coolest things that stood out because you realize just how deep this Bills team really is. Right down to three rookies, making three massive plays for you in the game. The Kinger coming in again, baby. The GOAT, the legend, the Kinger. This is the game you go all effing out for 60 effing minutes and leave no doubt in the Chiefs' mind. We, the Buffalo Bills, are the new mother effers on the block. Go Bills, boots to the head. Don't bother showing up for the playoffs unless you want more. Jeff King got us all wanting to run through a brick wall at 8.30 on a Monday night. Jeff King, 100%. This is the game. This is the game. Balls to the wall. You hit the gas pedal, and you don't look back. Especially knowing you have the buy on the other side of it. That's the beauty of it. You can throw every ounce of everything you got at the Chiefs this week and know you got a much-deserved week off following that, and you know you're going to get some of your core guys back as well, fully healthy. No doubt about it. Like Johnny DeMarchi saying, Jeff King the man, period. Nothing but facts there. So that was awesome. And then just, you know, just a variety of things yesterday where it's just, I think we're getting accustomed now to seeing like historic stuff nonstop. I know I said it at the top of the show, but worst loss in Steelers history since 1989 at the hand of the Bills. Worst loss ever under Mike Tomlin. Uh, Saw this on Sal Capaccio's Twitter. Insane. Bills averaged 10.2 yards per play, the third highest average in NFL history in a single game. The Bills were averaging a first down every single play. Every single play. Ooh, this just in. Thank you, chat. Raiders, touchdown. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. The new 2022 connection. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I'm telling you. Now just swap the jerseys and swap the players, right? Davis and swap for Adams. Allen and swap for Carr. We'll be seeing a little bit more of that next week. I love it. Keep me updated down here. Not going to go all that much longer here because I know, I know I can see people dropping out already, mainly maybe because they're just sick and tired of looking at me, but also because that game's out. And I, I know you all want to watch it. I do too. Just a few more thoughts here, though. Uh, so, yeah, 10.2 yards of play. <laughs> I mean, you can't help but laugh reading that. If you really, seriously. A, 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 a damn first down on every single play. Third highest average per play in NFL history. Like I had mentioned, you had three rookies, three massive plays. And then this defense, and I say this every week, but I got to be the guy to do it, I guess, because, the, you know, the mainstream isn't going to do it. And, and, you know, you can't blame them. Because the Bills offense is what 
you know, that's the sex appeal. That's what drives this team. The Bills offense is the face, right? Like we were just talking about with Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and this offense, that is the franchise. So, you know, when it comes down to this game, the highlights you're going to see are all going to be the Gabe Davis touchdowns, you know, Stephon Diggs touchdown. This defense is just, it's unbelievable. And I, I said this, I think every single week, I, I, I think I have. And I said last week, I have no problem saying this now. I am in a, a full belief that the, 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 the unit right now that is, I think, propelling them forward at a faster rate is the defense. And that, and that is not even coming close to knocking the offense. It's just that when you have a team like this, and the Chiefs are a perfect example. The Chiefs are a perfect example. Their offense is out of this world, of course, Kansas City. If you look at it, the, the Chiefs right now have the number one scoring offense in the league, the number four total offense, the number four passing offense. But the Bills have the number one total offense, the number one passing offense, and the number two uh, point total. They're a point offense, scoring, point, scoring offense. So they're right there with the Chiefs, or if not that, better in almost every category. They're better than them in, in total offense, better than them in passing offense. Just one decibel shy in scoring offense. Those are the two top in the league. And then rushing, they're dead even. Bills are 14th, KC's 13th. But this is where the difference is. And this, to me, is you can summarize both these games, I think, right here. You can summarize the Steelers game, and you can preview the Chiefs game all in the same breath here. The difference in the game yesterday... Because the, the Bills were going to score points yesterday. Guaranteed. The, the Steelers' defense is not good. They were going to score points. But as you saw yesterday, you know, the Steelers were moving the ball. Kenny Pickett still had 327 yards. And these receivers had, had by, by their standards, which has been piss awful. The Steelers' receivers still to this, to this day in 2022 have yet to score a touchdown. There hasn't been a single receiver who's gotten in the end zone. But based on their standards, they had decent days. Pickens gets 83 yards on six catches. Deontay Johnson, uh, 60 yards on, on five catches. Chase Poole, uh, Chase Claypool, 50 yards on five catches. Not bad. But the difference is the Bills do not allow you to score. You know, the, the, the Ravens move the ball, only put up 20 points. The Dolphins, there were times where they were getting down the field, 21 points. You can't score on them. So the Bills not only have better a better offense statistically in the majority of the categories than the Chiefs, and if they're not better, they're right next to them in every other category. But here is the difference, and this is why when I say the Bills' defense is the more important unit right now, this is why. The Bills' total defense is number two in the league. KC is 14th. The Bills' scoring defense is number one in the league. KC is 20th. The Bills' passing defense is number four in the league. KC is 27th. And you look at the KC total D in their ranking, and it's 14th, and it might seem, you know, not bad, respectable, top half of the league. The only reason they're ranked that high is because of their rush defense. 
some for some reason they have the best rush defense in the league, but it just so happens the Bills don't run the ball. So who the hell cares? What matters is the passing defense, and they blow. And as you just filled me in on Devontae Adams, 60-yard bomb from Derek Carr, not even five minutes into the game. Maybe that had something to do with the fact that the Raiders have good weapons and the KC secondary and their passing offense ain't good. Oh, the Bills have really good weapons and they're playing that same defense. That, to me, is the difference in the game this coming week. You got the two best offenses in the league squaring off. But there's no comparison when it comes to these, these two defenses. And it's hard, once again, like I did yesterday when I tried to break down my thoughts as to who was going to win uh, the Steelers game or, or how that game was going to pan out. The Bills defense, you know, obviously I look at the offense, I go, yeah, you know, we're getting points, no doubt about it. They're, they're, they're going to put them up. But I look at the defense and I'm like, I just don't see with a rookie quarterback how you could possibly put more than 13 points on the board. And they couldn't score a touchdown. Now, KC's a whole different animal. But we still know the Bills are going to score no matter who they're playing. And the Chiefs are no exception. One of their best offensive performances ever came against the Chiefs in the divisional round back in January. So you know the Bills are going to score points if they play the way that they, that they have been and we know that they can against KC. But with this defense the Bills have, can KC put up as many points? You're never going to keep KC to three points like you did Kenny Pickett yesterday. But I, I look at the discrepancy in defense here and that to me spells out what I think will be the outcome of this game. That is all the difference right there. These two, these two offenses are very, very even. In most categories, the Bills are better. But in defense, it's not close. So I'm getting the better offense in the Bills marginally, and I'm getting the far better defense in the Bills. Who do you think wins the game? And that's how I look at this. That's how I look at this game. Huge game. Not played on paper. So many things can go into it. But when you look at it and break it down and you try to, to weigh both sides, the Bills have the advantage. The only thing that's not favoring them this coming week is the fact that it's an arrowhead. But we've seen them win before. James coming in once again. James, you've been on fire tonight. I appreciate you. What's the injury report for the KC game? Not sure quite, not, quite this moment. I would have to imagine, though, that we get Knox back and, uh, here was my belief yesterday, and we had we me Rev Rico talked about this on the show yesterday. Um, you never want to just rest guys for the sake of it, and you never want to rule out a game. But this is kind of back to my point I made earlier, where I said, you know, some games are just different than others. They are. The Chiefs game is much different than the Steelers game. So I think yesterday, if it came down to Knox and Edmonds, and uh. Which, by the way, the fact that they held them to three points, I don't care it's a rookie quarterback. No Edmonds and Poyer. And Edmonds having the best year of his career. Poyer leading the league in picks still today, despite missing two games. Good Lord. I, I almost just forgot that Edmonds wasn't playing yesterday. That's the funny thing. Did you, did you, even, did it even, did you even notice 
Not that he isn't great. It's just that that's how good they are. That's how deep they are. Good Lord. But I was saying yesterday, I think if it came down to like a game time decision between Edmonds and Poyer and Knox, wouldn't you, wouldn't you lean towards not playing them with the, with the knowledge of them being fully healthy for the Chiefs as opposed to putting them out at half strength, risking further injury going into that Chiefs game? That's how I saw it. So I believe, and this is just based on what we've seen throughout the week as far as the injury report was concerned, and then you know kind of how things played out at the end of the week going into this uh, Steelers game. I believe... We get Edmonds back, we get Poyer back, we get Knox back for this game. Now, I don't have that on record from the thigh doc. Wasn't able to join tonight. Um, I shouldn't even say that. I, I, that's on me. I didn't even think to reach out to the thigh doc. I usually do. But the reason I didn't, I think, is because uh, it, it, this is actually a perfect example of what I was just saying when I was talking about, you know, did you even notice with Edmonds? I completely forgot about the injury list because we won 38-3. I didn't even think to reach out of the thigh doc. Um, but I, I would follow us at Buffalo Fanatics uh, on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, of course. We will have those injury updates the second they are available. We always do. So, James, I don't have, you know, like a concrete answer for you right now. But if it were up to me, or not up to me, but it's just based on what I've seen throughout the week, the week last week, the, the weight of this game, of course, the bye week being the following week, all these different factors, I think, lead me to believe that we get those three guys back. Most importantly, we need uh, we need admins and we need Poyer back. Need Poyer. I, I, I'm going to feel far worse going into that game if Poyer's not good to go. So I, 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 have, I have got to believe that he will be. Johnny D coming in. My main man, Bills, better than Chiefs. See old uh, ad, great googly moogly. I laid it out for you, Johnny. I laid out the numbers. I laid out the numbers for you. Now, you can have the argument as to who you think the better team is all day, all day long. Of course, I mean, that's, what, that's, what, that's what sports is. We argue. It's fun. But if you're a numbers guy... If you're an analytical guy, if you're a guy that looks at the outcome of the previous games and compares them to the outcome of other teams' previous games, yeah, the Bills are the better team. Johnny D, again, always coming in with the super hot fire. Johnny D saying Z-Bot and Bills fans in this chat appreciation tweet. Old man, Bills fan for 50-plus years behind enemy lines on Miami Beach. Appreciate you all. Johnny, I hope you took some solace in the, um, the, the meltdown that Miami fans had yesterday, man. And I don't want, I, I, I hate, I, I don't want to hate them, but I, told, I totally hate the Dolphins now. I hate them. After the way that that went down week, week three there, I can't stand them. And it was just because, we, you know, you could, that, the problem with that game, you knew the Bills were better. You knew the Dolphins weren't a top five team in this league. You knew all these things, but you couldn't say it because you would just get hit with the, you lost the game, bro. You salty, bro. Hold that L, bro. You're right. Yeah, we lost. But like I've said before, two things can be 
true at the same time. And that's exactly what I said after that game. The Dolphins didn't emerge out of that game. The best team in the league because they beat a Bills defense missing over half their starters. And the Bills didn't emerge out of that game. Not being the number one team in the NFL or the number two team in the NFL because they lost on the last drive by two points with said injury history. That's why I take solace in seeing the Jets laying a whole can of uh, an absolute Costco, like oil drums worth of whoop ass on the Dolphins yesterday. I love it because it, it just proves that point that you can't make because you're not allowed to do it because you don't have the proper argument because you didn't win the game, even though the argument is totally, totally justifiable and accurate. You can't make it because you lost. Right? That's why I absolutely love what we saw yesterday. And they're losing it. I mean, they genuinely believed that they were the best team in the league after they beat Buffalo. I almost feel bad. Because how you could have taken that away from that game, I'll never know. I'll never know. But I would say, you know, if you thought that that game defined your team, and this is the way you have, if you're going to be like that, you got to look at it both sides. If you think beating the Bills defined your team as one of the best in the league, then does losing to the Jets 40-17 to 17 not define you as one of the worst teams in the league? You can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. All right. What's an update on that Chiefs game? I'm going to take a look here real quick. I am so excited for this game this coming week, boys. I can't. I, I mean, oh, my God. Still got 7 nothing Raiders ball, so, I'm, so Kansas City didn't do anything with their first possession. Love to see it. You know, this is just a crazy week coming up here. Not only amazing NFL, I'm a huge Penn State guy. I've told you guys that in the past, too. So you got Penn State, Michigan on Saturday. So that's one of their biggest rivals. And then you got Bill's Chiefs. So this is like the holy grail of football weekend for me coming up. But it's not just like my rooting interest. I mean, the college football slate this coming Saturday is insane. Alabama, Tennessee, the first time those two teams have faced off undefeated in like four decades, number three versus number six. Unbelievable. And then, of course, an amazing slate of Sunday football with the Bills getting that. And I like this. You know, I, I know people are upset, and I know I am too. I don't want to have to watch the, damn, the goddamn Denver Broncos in primetime again. Holy shit. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is so bad. It is so bad. It is unwatchable. That team is unwatchable. And you know how good they could be, too, and it makes it 10 times worse. You're like, how is this happening? How are they this bad? And they're on primetime again this coming Sunday. Now, I know people have been bitching. Uh, why isn't the Bills Chiefs the primetime? I get it. I like that 425 slot. The Bills don't ever really get any of those games. The only time the Bills ever really get one of those games is if they play uh, like, a, like a West Coast team and it has to be at 425. So like East Coast, sun setting out in KC, Nance and Romo on the call, 
and they're plugging the living hell out of that game. I mean, I think it's the, I think it's the perfect setting. I think it's perfect. So I love that. Oh, it's so big. But hey, we get to ride this one into that, and then hopefully things hold up the way they're going right now, and the Raiders can ride this one out. Because then think about it like this. Oh, I don't want to get you going this hard, but I will. The, if the Raiders beat the Chiefs, the Bills beat the Chiefs. Going into the bye, the Bills will be five and one, and the Chiefs will be three and three. <laughs> Yo, could you imagine? I honestly don't even think I put two and two together until like right now that that was that that was real. Let me just check the AFC rankings real quick. Oh my god, they'd have a oh my god. I don't know this this should I should have known like I this I don't know why this is like a like a revelation to me right now. Yeah, take back everything I said earlier by the way of like kind of Losing confidence in the Bills if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders. Uh, no. No, cross that out. Sorry I said that. Even though I, I did mean it, I don't mean it anymore. I, I don't know how this is just hitting me. I guess I just didn't really, like, lock it into my head yet. But if the Chiefs lose tonight and then the Bills beat the Chiefs, the Bills will be 5-1, and one, the Chiefs will be 3-3, three and three, and the Bills will have a full two-game lead on the Titans, or at least a game and a half. If the Titans and the Ravens win next week, the Bills will have at least a game and a half lead on all the other teams behind the Chiefs. How about the Jets are in fifth place? What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Oh, Chop 50 says we need an Arby's break. We do. I'm going to go grab some Arby's and I'm going to go watch this Chiefs game. Get out of here, Bill's Mafia. Go watch this team. Do some game film breakdown tonight. Watch these Chiefs and get ready for next week because we got a doozy, baby. And really get hyped because this is going to be the last Bill's football you get to watch for like two weeks. And that blows. I hate the bye week, but we need it. We need it. Couldn't be coming at a better time. So get ready. Bill's Chiefs. Sunday afternoon, 425. It's the game of the year, folks. Treat it like a playoff game because it feels like one. I'll be back with you. Same place as always. Monday night, the smoke break on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. And we're going to have a lot to talk about either way this time next Monday. But I hope I come in with the biggest, ooh, baby, you've ever heard. We'll talk then. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the game. And go Raiders. But most importantly, Go Bills.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.